this week you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an eight 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 money pit. The money pit is presented by Arrow Fasteners, Abitron Restoration Products, and the Angie app. Now here, Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards and shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So glad that you're joining us today on a beautiful spring day. It is where we are. We hope it is where you are. And maybe that spells some plans for some home improvement projects today, tomorrow, next weekend. If that's a project that you'd like to get done, if you're thinking about something to do in that space, whether it's a garden, a garage project, whether it is inside or out, thinking about building a deck or maybe redoing the one you have, we would love to help. A couple of ways to get in touch with us. You can call us at one eight 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 money pit that's eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four or you can post your question to moneypit.com coming up on today's show nothing signals the start of spring better than some fresh blooms like daffodils and tulips in full color but if you want to enjoy those beautiful blooms you need to start planting those bulbs right now so we're going to share some tips to make sure your blooms are successful And with all the rainy, wet spring weather ahead, repairing rotted wood on your windows, doors, or even those wood columns might be on your to-do list. We're going to make those projects a lot simpler with tips on how to easily restore damaged wood. And once the weather warms and kids spend more time outside, guess what you're going to be doing inside? Laundry. Lots and lots of laundry. We're going to have some tips to help you save some money getting all that dirt washed out once again, only so they can put it back again, right, Leslie? Seriously, they just get so dirty. It's ridiculous. And, you know, shoes on. Your socks are white. They're not brown. It's ridiculous. First up, guys, though, we're here to help you create your best home ever. So help yourself first. Reach out to us with your home improvement question. You're going to get the answer. Plus, you might even win a great tool from Arrow Fastener. Yep, we got the E21 cordless electric staple gun to give away today, along with a supply of staples. It's worth about 50 bucks. Going to go out to one listener drawn at random. So make that you. You can call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, or post your questions at moneypit.com. And by the way, it doesn't matter when you hear the show. Whenever you're listening, you can call us at 888-MONEYPIT and ask your home improvement question. You will qualify to win that electric staple gun, the E21 from Arrow. So let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Rena in Massachusetts, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I'm going through a bathroom renovation, and I have the demo done. Plumber came in to do some piping work and bring things up to code and set the tub in. So when I had the tile guy come to do his thing, he looked at me like I was crazy and said, this isn't ready. I can't do anything. And then he explained it to me. Um, and I should first say that uh, this is my first home, so I've never been through anything like this. You're taking on a really big project. Hey, here's my first question. Do you have a second bathroom in the house? No. No, oh, I no. do not. Oh, and, man. No, the, it's even harder. The thing is, so, I, so I bought a fixer-upper, so it, yeah. I knew it needed some work. Um, and and um, so I am at a, a standstill right now, which is a bit problematic. Tell us what the tile guy saw that caused him to want to just press stop on the whole project. Well, he said to me, um, the tub isn't secure. I didn't know, quite frankly, that that was an issue. Another another thing after the fact, because I did, did a little bit, bit of research, is that 
there are shims put along the front of the tub. So if there are like shims mm-hmm. on the left and right-hand side put perpendicular to the tub, and it goes an inch all the way across. Right. So, yeah, so basically the, the drain is attached, but the tub isn't secure to the studs. I looked at the install sheet from American Standard, and I learned about the um, stringer board or hanger, and I, I tried to feel behind because I didn't think there was one there at all. But as it turns out, there is one sort of in the middle, There's, um, but it doesn't go all the way across. There's a foot missing on the left and eight inches on the side. All right. Well, I think this is a pretty straightforward situation, uh, and that is that you know you hired a plumber to install the tub. The plumber is responsible to install that tub consistent with the manufacturer's instructions. The manufacturer's instructions are very clear in that you have to have a piece of wood that goes behind the tub that's even with the underside of the lip of that tub to support it properly all the way along the wall, and that wasn't done. And so that plumber needs to come back and fix that. Now, the fact that you have these shims in the front, you say they stick out, that I'm not concerned about because floors are often uneven and shims are are the way you kind of support something that's straight over something that's not so straight. And the tile guy should know that he needs just to take a saw. Uh, we would use what's called a back saw, or there are other power tools that do this, and you cut them out. You cut them so they're flush with the front of the tub, and then you tile up to it. And tile guys also have ways of sort of like raising the level a little bit up near the tub so it all covers and looks normal. But I think the fact that the tub isn't put in properly or securely, it was appropriate for the tile contractor not to proceed because you can't put tile against an area that's not properly supported. You're going to have flexing there, especially when the tub gets filled with water. You're never going to have a consistent gap. The caulk's going to pull away. You'll get mold that'll grow in there. So this is a situation where the plumber simply did not do the proper job that he was hired to do. Have you reached out to the plumber yet? I have. And... um um, he basically was uh, told me that the tile guy doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so he, here I was, like they're both pointing fingers at each other. That's when I finally went ahead and did some research and actually co- contacted American Standard. He, he he told me to hand the instruction sheet to the plumber because I knew how it should be installed. Now let me ask you one more question. Did you get a, a building permit for this? Oh, absolutely. So your plumbing inspector is going to be your best friend on this. So, you know, it's it's very easy for the plumber to point fingers at each other, but you can also talk with your plumbing inspector and ask him uh, if this was installed correctly. And, you know, you show the plumbing inspector the manufacturer's instructions, and there will be zero question about this. Let me tell you a quick story. I've mentioned on the show before that I put in a heating system not too long ago. And when my plumbing inspector from my local town came to look at it, he would not approve it because he was looking for a diagram in the instructions for the boiler that showed the exact installation that I had. And he couldn't find it right away. Well, ultimately, I found it for him. But then he noticed that there was a slight difference between the way the vent was terminated on my home from the book. The book said it should have a uh, a um, a 180 degree angle, and mine had a 40. Mine had a 90 degree angle, and so just that slight difference, he said. It's got to be like the book. I mean, to the plumbing inspectors, these manufacturer specs are really the law, and your plumber just didn't do it. I'm sorry he has to come back, but he's going to have to, you know, suck it up, admit the error, and just come fix it. Stop making it worse than it actually is. 
And if he doesn't come back, you actually have a uh, a complaint against this guy that you could file with the licensing board. So I think you need to just to be a little more comprehensive on how you go back to the plumber, uh, pointing out all this additional information and asking for his cooperation uh, to get it done right. I mean, you tell this guy you're not going to get an inspection passed unless it's done right. So he's got to fix it. And what's he going to do? Tell you now the, the building inspector, the plumbing inspector doesn't know what he's doing, and the tile guy? Who else? Yeah, you know, I think I did call City Hall. A friend recommended I do that. And um, when it was the permit was looked up, it, it looks like it's already um, signed off through the end. No, it's not possible. You would have had to have had a rough-in inspection and then a final inspection. So that makes no sense. I would not. I would go down and talk with the plumbing inspector, find out when he has office hours, bring some pictures, bring the installation instructions, and go through it with him and see see where that takes it. Okay. Okay, that's great. Okay, sorry that happened to you, but and and you know don't let this dissuade you, uh, but you're doing the right thing, and sometimes you have to stand up to these contractors and and, and show them the light. Okay. Thanks so much. Yes. You're very welcome. Take care. Hey guys, if you enjoy woodworking, crafting, or DIY projects, we've got a great tool to give away to one lucky listener to today's show. It's the Arrow E21 Cordless Electric Staple Gun, along with all the staples you'll need for quite a while. This is a really nice tool. It's very compact. It's easy to use. It fires 30 staples and nails per minute, and it's got a battery life of up to three hours, which I can tell you is super convenient when you're working in areas with limited power sources or you just don't want to have another darn power cord pulling around your project. I know personally I'm always tripping on them, so I'm happy to have these battery-powered tools. And this stable gun is great for crafting, woodworking, and, of course, lots of other DIY projects. Going out to one listener drawn at random. If you'd like to win the Arrow E21 cordless electric stable gun, you got to have a question. And you got to call us with it at 888-MONEYPIT or post it to moneypit.com. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. 
And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Stephen, Illinois, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Looked outside this year, and we've got a building that was built in 1929. It's got a porch above the the patio down below, and, and on the exposed uh, joists, uh, those carpenter bees have uh, put some holes in there, and it, uh, we're looking for a way to uh, eliminate the carpenter bees and not necessarily poison everything in the neighborhood. Well, part of what they're doing is, you know, they really enjoy eating this natural wood. So they're coming there because you've got something tasty to offer up, and, you know, it turns out that they love to bore these holes that are like perfectly three-eighths inches, you know, round. So you can do a couple of things. You can... um you can have it treated by a pest professional and then seal up those holes, and that should do the trick. But you're right. You know, chemicals are used, and that might not be what you have in mind. The other thing is you can cover that or replace that joist completely or whatever the support is with a synthetic wood or a composite that looks like wood, but it's not actually wood. It could be extruded PVC. It could be recycled plastics. This way, it looks like wood. It's doing the same job that the wood piece was. However, carpenter bees, carpenter ants, termites, whatever pests like to eat a natural source is wood, they're going to try it. They're not going to get into it, and they're going to be really confused and fly away and find somewhere else to eat. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds uh, like like an option that... Uh... I was wondering if there was something that, uh, you know, that I assume that painting it would not uh, make a difference. I didn't know if there was something that uh, could be topically applied to it that uh, would be would be environmentally friendly and, and uh, keep the bees out. Mm-mm. I've had them eat through the painted wood that makes up my entire screen and porch. And then what happens is they bore a hole, but they won't bore all the way through. They'll bore into the wood, even if it's just like a one by six or whatever. They find a way to bore into it and then bore through the wood itself and lay their eggs in there. Okay. And it's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. It looks like you do, somebody got out with a drill and drilled the hole in there. It's just bizarre. It's perfect how they do it. So essentially the, the, the options of basic are, are having someone come out and, and treat it or, or either covering or changing the material that's there. Yeah, changing material is usually the best bet because they won't eat it. And then as an added benefit, you know, it doesn't require any maintenance except the occasional cleaning. You know, you're not going to be painting it all the time. It really is a win-win situation. Okay. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll look, in, I'll look into that. I, uh, I've got a contractor that's got to come out anyway, so I'll, I'll look into, into both options. But it, it sounds like if... if 
I'd prefer something that uh, wouldn't have to do with pesticides. Steve, I hope that takes care of those carpenter bees once and for all. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, nothing signals the start of spring better than those fresh blooms like daffodils and tulips in full color. But if you want to enjoy those beautiful spring blooms, you need to plant those bulbs now. Yep. And the secret to successful blooms start with that timing. Summer bulbs aren't tolerant of cold temperatures that need to be planted after the ground warms up and there's no longer any threat of frost. Yeah. So if you're ready to start planting bulbs, there are a few basic rules that you've got to keep in mind. First of all, a bulb does not like wet soil. So you want to make sure to plant them in well-draining sandy soil. You also want to add a good bulb fertilizer to the bottom of the hole and scratch it into the soil really well before you plant that bulb. And you want to be careful not to plant too shallow. You need to follow the instructions on the package. But the general rule here is to plant two to two and a half times deep as the bulb is tall. Now, if you're trying to decide which bulbs to plant, we've got a couple of good options to suggest. The first is, of course, tulips. There's nothing more classic in a bulb plant than a tulip. And that's why they're one of the most popular types. Now, one trick with tulips is to replant the same colors in the same bed year after year to make up for bulbs that don't come back. Just remember that if there are deer in your area, though, tulips are like caviar to them. So put them in an area the deer can't get to, like inside a fenced-in section of your yard. Now, the other option is daffodils. These are like the workhorses of spring flowering blooms. They're available in a large variety of colors and bloom times. I like to plant them in sort of like large masses with like hundreds of bulbs. It gives you this amazing impact. And when you plant that way, you can always snip a few for inside and not really miss them. And there's a lot of varieties that naturalize, which means they grow and flower year after year without replanting. And most importantly, consider that timing. Remember, some bulbs are going to bloom later in the summer or for a longer time, like dahlias, that bloom well into fall. So if you plan this out, you'll have some early bulbs, some midsummer bulbs, and even some fall flowering bulbs to enjoy. Now we're going to chat with Caroline in Delaware, who needs some help finding the right tool for the job. What are you working on? Well, actually, um, I do all my own landscaping, uh, and I have a 15-year-old uh, property okay. with a lot a lot of landscaping. As well, I uh, just joined the landscaping committee at my HOA. Oh, so nice. I am looking for a chainsaw that is kind of user-friendly for a, a woman. Yep. So something that that I could start up and use and would do branches probably about, I don't know, four to six inches diameter or something like that. So, you know, when folks think of chainsaws, they think of, you know, loud gas-powered machines that need a lot of maintenance are very heavy to use. They're very smelly. But today, there are the battery technology has advanced to a point where you can get the same level of power and performance without having to go through that. I would suggest you take a look at Hart, H-A-R-T. This is a brand of power tools sold exclusively at Walmart because they have a 40-volt 14-inch chainsaw, which I think is the perfect size for the kind of work that you're talking about. And with this 40-volt chainsaw, it's light, it's comfortable, it's easy to use. It's not going to wear you out. Uh, it's, it has all the features that you'd find in a gas-powered machine, too. You know, it's got an automatic oiler, for example, that will extend the chain life. Uh, and the batteries are just terrific. Now, they make a, a bunch of great tools. And, in fact, I used a 40-volt snow thrower that they made. And I used it this winter with all the snow we had. And it was fantastic because I have a little patio out my back door. And I was walking around with this snow thrower just cleaning it off in no time at all during the, during the snowstorms. So I would recommend you take a look at that. Available at 
Walmart. It's the Heart Chainsaw. It's a 40-volt brushless 14-inch chainsaw. Okay, I will. I really appreciate the information. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. And keep us posted on that landscaping committee. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right, now we've got Jim on the line from Ohio who's dealing with a high water table. Hi, our sump pump runs like crazy, and we've tried to uh, you know, make sure that the drainage is a little far away from the foundation. Um, we were going so far as to get the basin sealed, waterproofed, all that stuff, which I think we wasted our money on. But nonetheless, sump pump runs like crazy. All the other things have been addressed. It's just, and everybody says around here, it is a huge Hugely high water table, if that makes sense. So does your basement leak more after hard rain? Nope. So the rainfall is consistent? Right. So this could be the unique situation where you really truly do have a high water table. If you get basement leakage and precipitation that is worse after snowmelt or rainfall, then it's almost always gutter problems or problems with drainage, uh, you know, angle of the grade, that sort of thing. Right. As a matter of fact, we, we took your advice from past shows and I had all that stuff addressed uh, because it is such a common issue. But this is the oddball. You know, leave it to us to have the oddball. If you truly do have a high water table and you have a subsurface drainage system in below the floor of the basement, then that's pretty much all that you really can or should be doing right now. Is the water evidencing itself in some way? Is it coming up beyond the floor? No, no, no. It stays in, in the sump well. But my, I know my pump's not going to last forever. We go through, we've gone through seven or eight of them in 12 years. Take a look at the pumps that are made by Wayne, the Wayne uh, Pump Company. They make really good pumps that, in fact, they have pumps that are auto-reversing so that if they do get clogged, that they will reverse themselves to kind of spit out the clog and then come back on again. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That's the solution. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You guys rock. Well, when wood gets wet and stays that way for a long time, it rots. And with all the rainy, wet spring weather we've got ahead, you might likely find rotted wood in places where water spends more time than it should. Yeah, we're talking about places like wood windowsills, wood porch columns, the trim around doors, or even the wood that trims the corners of your home or the fascia just behind your gutter. Places like this that get wet and stay wet and may not have been painted frequently enough, they're going to deteriorate into a soggy, mushy, rotted mess. But instead of replacing wood that rots away, there is a way to restore and rebuild these areas for a fraction of the cost of replacing them. Yeah, and now there's actually two products that are designed for this, Liquid Wood and Wood Epox, and they're both made by Abitron, a company that we've been recommending for almost as long as we've had this show. Both products are high-performance epoxy adhesives, and they work together to restore and rebuild rotted and damaged wood. Yeah, now first you'd apply the liquid wood, which is known as an epoxy consolidant. That's a new word that I learned when I started looking at these products, Leslie, a consolidant, because it basically it takes, together. that's what it does. It brings all that soft, rotted wood and permanently restores the structural strength and the durability. It's really easy to apply. It soaks in deeply those wood fibers, and it doesn't require the need to cut out any of the damaged wood, because once it's dry, it is totally solid once again. Yeah, now if the wood rot is really so terrible that areas have completely fallen away, that's where wood epox comes in because it's a shrink-free epoxy wood filler that's going to fill in and actually replace that rotted wood. It's a two-part epoxy that you mix together and you make it like a putty-like consistency. You press it in place and then it dries solid. And in about one to two hours, it's fully cured and you can cut it, sand it, stain it, paint it, whatever you would normally do like with real wood. 
You know what I also use the uh, wood epox for? I once drilled a very large hole in a totally wrong place when I was hanging a door. <laughs> and so I had the big hole for the door uh, latch, and it was completely off by like an inch. So I mixed up wood epox, filled it in, sanded it down. I started all over again and got it right the second time. So by using the liquid wood and the wood epox, instead of replacing rotted wood, you can make permanent shrink-free wood repairs that really do retain the character of your home and save you some money in the process because you're not going to have to replace the wood or the window or the door or whatever part of your home needs the work. You can find Abitron's liquid wood and wood epox at Ace, True Value, Benjamin Moore, and other retailers nationwide or at abitron.com. That's A-B-A-T-R-O-N.com. All right, now we've got Belinda who wants to talk electricity. What kind of electrical work are you doing over there? I live in a house that was built in 1971, so um, there were no GFI outlets then, and little by little, you know, I've been adding them. So my question is, um, I, I have a couple more, you know, that I want in bathrooms and all. When a GFI outlet is added, does it need its own circuit breaker, or is it okay if they splice it into an existing wire. No, it does not need its own circuit breaker. In fact, the ground fault breaker is is a circuit breaker. Now, there's two types of, of GFCI devices that are most common. One's built into the outlet, and the other one actually is a circuit breaker with a ground fault um, circuitry built into it. With an older house, typically you're just going to replace the outlet with one that is a, a GFCI outlet, and an electrician that knows what they're doing uh, should be able to handle that. I always suggest that you, you test it yourself by using the test button, and, and if possible, uh, there's a little um, electrical tester that's in the shape of a plug that tells you a lot of information. All you do is stick this thing in and it has lights on it, and the lights will tell you uh, if it's grounded. It'll tell you if the polarity is reversed, which means the, the wires have been put in backwards, and it'll also enable you to test the ground fault uh, outside of the breaker itself, So, which is a better test. It's kind of like what happens if you, if you have a bad appliance plugged into it. So uh, it's definitely something that can be done after the fact, and you don't have to do it at uh, the breaker itself. Oh, okay. So, so it doesn't need its own dedicated line down to the circuit breaker. Um, to, uh, okay. And and this tester you're saying is something I should buy to have in my own toolbox in my yeah, it's an in outlet, my house. Yeah, it's called an outlet tester. Yeah, they're they're like I don't know, ten bucks. They're really cheap. It looks like uh, a small plug, you know, three prong plug, and you just plug it in. You'll see there's lights on it and a little push button. And when you read the instructions, you'll see it'll tell you if everything's wired right. And then the way to test my GFI outlet that I have, you just press that red button. Yeah, it should click off, right, and be and, and be dead, basically. Thank you. Hey, if you got a project in mind you could use some tools to help, you're in exactly the right place because we are giving away the Arrow E21 cordless electric staple gun along with all the staples you need for quite a while. Leslie, is this a tool that you would typically use with your upholstery projects? Oh, for sure. I mean, a good electric staple gun is definitely key on having successful upholstery projects. An arrow is for sure the way to go. I mean, it's got a very specific nose design that helps you get into some places that usually you can't get to with a basic hand stapler. Um, I love the power of it, how quickly it fires the staples, you know, 30 staples or nails per minute. And when you're tackling like a headboard or the backside of a couch or whatever it is you're working on, it definitely helps you get through that project successfully. 
It's also great for crafts and woodworking and lots of other DIY projects. This prize, the Arrow Cordless Electric Stable Gun with the Stables, it's worth 50 bucks. If you want to win it, you got to be in it. Call us with your questions at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question at moneypit.com. We'll draw one listener at the end of today's show, and it might just be you. Well, after a cold and snowy winter, we're all ready to welcome warmer temperatures of spring. And that means the kids get outside to play and come in with very, very dirty clothes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Super dirty. So I bet one of those projects for your spring cleaning, which will probably roll well into the summer, is laundry. Lots and lots of loads of laundry. So we've got a few tips to help you save money along the way. First of all, always run a full load of laundry. You're going to use the same amount of energy with a full load versus washing, say, only three T-shirts. So just wait till you have the full load of laundry. With two boys at home, it literally takes five minutes. So just wait. There'll be more laundry. Now, you want to switch loads where the dryer is warm, and that's going to allow you to use that remaining heat inside that dryer for the next drying cycle. And always clean that lint filter on the dryer after every single load. You're going to find that the dryer runs way more efficiently and safely. That's right. Now, if you're ready for new appliances, always look for Energy Star certified washers and dryers because they use 20 to 25% less energy than conventional models. And try to always wash with cold water instead of hot. This can also cut a load's energy use in half since you're not using your water heater to raise that water temperature. George in Pennsylvania is on the line with a geothermal question. What can we do for you? We have, I have a geothermal uh, system now. It's 15 years old, and a couple of weeks ago, the compressor went up. And uh, the guy who came out, uh, who normally services the unit, he would, he recommends not re- replacing the compressor. He recommends an entirely new unit, uh, everything, the whole, sh- okay. whole shebang. How old is the existing system, George? 15 years old. Okay. I would agree with that. Oh, okay. Right. I don't, okay. That's, <laughs> is that pretty much your question? Well, yeah, that's my question. Because my, my stepson, who is in the field, keeps insisting to me that this, this to replace the compressor. But I, I, after I went online and I saw the pros and cons of doing that, and, and um, I hate to just do piecemeal and something happen. You know, I spend money for a compressor, and a couple years later, Something else goes up. Well, you know, the old saying is you don't want to throw good money after bad. Right. And sure. if the system is 15 years old, I mean, frankly, George, it doesn't owe you a dime. You know, that's that's pretty good life expectancy. So you've gotten all your money out of that. If you replace the whole thing, you're going to get a much more efficient system out of it because everything is balanced in systems today. And uh, plus, there's new refrigerants that are safer. So I really do think you're better off replacing it. Oh, great. Okay. Okay, fine. How do you feel about buying a, I want to say another, he wants, this guy's recommending, not another hot, a hot water heater, uh, uh, like a storage tank to keep the water hot so that we don't have to use the hot water heater as much as we do now. Okay, that's not an unusual approach. I mean, I have a storage tank in my home because my hot water is provided by my boiler, not by a right, water heater. Right. We used to have and that. so by having a storage tank next to the wa- next to the boiler, you know, the storage tank can uh, supply a certain amount of hot water and the boiler doesn't have to come on every time uh, we need more hot water in the house. So that's not an unusual approach. Um, the other thing that you might want to think about is a tankless water heater. That's another way to go. Okay. Okay, fine. Okay, well, great. That was quick. You answered my questions. I appreciate it. All right, George. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 
Money Pit. Marianne is thinking about the value of a bath reno and writes, when remodeling a house, is a bathroom always the best return on your investment? Ah, you know, that's a really interesting question, especially now, Leslie, because I think what we're seeing is a shift, right? It used to be that kitchens and bathrooms were always like the best return on investment. And I think while kitchens have pretty much held that value as being one of the more valuable ones to do, bathrooms, they seem to be slipping down because I checked the numbers and the latest average return on investment for a bath is about 60%. Which isn't a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what it says is that you better plan on, you know, spending enough years in that house after the rent to get your 40% out of it because you're not getting any more than that out of it when it comes time to, to sell your house if your ROI is only 60. I, I suppose that it does change based on like how drastic the reno is. So if we're talking about sort of gut job remodeling, you're down to the studs, ripping up the floor, that sort of like exhaustive remodeling, that would probably be harder to get a return on investment of than just doing sort of a bath redo where the walls and floors were in decent shape. Shape, and maybe you're just changing out the fixtures. Maybe you're putting in a new tile floor. You're doing maybe an EVP floor on top of the old floor. You know, one that can actually give you you know a pretty dramatic update in terms of its look, adding some lighting. But that kind of a update, I think, would give you a much better return on investment. So it varies based on how difficult and how complicated uh, the project is. And I think the exception to that, though, is adding a bathroom, right? Because when you add a bathroom, then, then you definitely impact the overall... Well, you're increasing the value of Exactly, the yeah. So, I mean, I think that this doesn't count for adding. If you add a bathroom, I think that's always a smart thing to do. Always. And then come help me add a bathroom at my house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. It's my thing. All right, next, Sherry's going to need some advice about upgrading her heating system. Now, she says, I have an older home and getting ready to replace my heating and hot water systems. I'm wondering if I should go with a conventional boiler water heater or a combining system where both water heater and boiler are one unit. So I actually just did this last winter, Sherry. I had an old, maybe 40-ish year old cast iron boiler, an indirect water heater, which is kind of like a storage tank because the boiler would run in the basically year round and, and make the hot water, then it would store in that tank. And so I was always interested in making this replacement. But of course, like everything, you need to wait until you have the time and the money and, and all that. But the plan is kind of aligned for us on this because there are a number of rebates available. I think about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars total worth of rebates. So all in, I think I spent about six grand on this, including removal of the old one. And I'm super happy because my new system is really efficient. I went from like, say, 70-ish percent efficient to like 97% efficient. It's so much smaller. I actually picked up more room in my basement, which is great too. So I think you really can't go wrong with going with a a combis with the system. And you'll be amazed at how small it is. I mean, my unit hangs on the wall. It's like 18 by 27. So it's like the size of my spice cabinet. That's really small. It really is. It really is amazing, but it works great. I mean, think of all the things you can now store in that room. (laughs) Just remember, (laughs) we're planning, we're planning. Yep. (laughs) This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, guys, thank you so much for spending this part of your day with us. We hope that you've picked up a couple of good tips to help you with projects on your to-do list. If you have a new project that comes to mind or you're stuck in the middle of one you started, remember, you can always reach us at moneypit.com or by calling in your question to one 888 Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.